Yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, it's hard to quantify, but uh, we started that way. It was literally, well, one of us would be canvassing, the other one would be in the house selling. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that was, it was just the two of us. So, you know, we always trust each other to do the other part of it. So while, while Ray was selling, I was trying to get the next lead and, and vice versa. And we just kind of never stopped with that. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And today, we're going to do something a little bit different. I've got two business partners here that are together with me. And this should be interesting. We've got Ray DeCrecchio and Doug Chadwick from Luxury Bath out of New Jersey. And I have known these guys for quite a few years and they have built a hell of a business. And I thought it would be great to talk to them, learn about some of the things that they're doing in the business, but also I want to know how they have such a successful business partnership. So, guys, welcome. Thank you. Okay. That was that was Ray. The second one was Ray. The first one's Doug. This should be interesting. So, those of you that are watching this on YouTube, it'll be a lot easier to tell which one's talking. Ray is on the left, Doug is on the right. But for those of you listening, we'll do our best. So guys, before we get into backstory, let's talk a little bit about 2022. Give us an idea of the company. How many jobs did you guys, oh, first off, what do you guys do? Sure. sure. Let's start there. What do you guys do? Sure. We're in the uh, the bathroom remodeling space, the one-day bathroom model particularly, the tub shower conversions. Uh, We do a little bit more than that, though. We also do some floor vanity toilet. But that's exclusive. What we do is just bathroom modeling. Nice. Okay. And in 2022, how many jobs did you guys complete approximately? Yeah, it was in the 900s. So 900s. Okay. Yeah. How many salespeople? Currently, we have 11. 11 salespeople. Awesome. For 2022, Um, though, for the most part, we had, we were right around seven to eight. Sales. In 2022. Yeah. Currently now we have about 11 sales guys. Nice. And how's 2023? We're doing this middle of March. We're almost done with the first quarter. How is 2023 looking compared to 2022? Luckily, we're still continuing the, the growth this year. Hopefully we'll have our best month ever this month. It's looking pretty good. So this year nice. we're, we're, we're still, still moving on. We're still growing. Cool. What's your target revenue, if you don't mind sharing for this year? Yeah, sure. So last year was just a, a hair under 12 million. Nice. This year we're we're going for 15. That's our goal. Great. Nice. So 20-ish, 25% growth. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Beautiful. All right. So that's where you guys are today, but let's go all the way back. Let's go back to the beginning. Give everybody kind of like give everybody the two-minute version of where there's or the three-minute, because there's two of you three-minute version of where you guys started, how long ago? Yeah, sure. So 
Mine goes all the way back to, I think, 2004 is when I was recruited from a, a college campus for canvassing. That was the first uh, role I've ever had in the home improvement industry, which, you know, knocking on doors, et cetera. That was the first company I ever went to and, you know, went really well. I was, I thought it was amazing, you know, knock on doors and people give you back that it was, a, I think, $125 for an appointment. I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. So that lasts for a little bit, moved up quickly, became a, a, a crew chief for the company. And that's where uh, I met Ray. And what's funny enough, I was also on a college campus. I got recruited. A guy walked up to me and said, hey, man, you're looking for some extra beer money. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds good. I need a job. And yeah, he was giving me a little bit of what it is, walking around the neighborhood, letting people know we're doing work in the neighborhood. And I got it right away. I was like, oh, okay. So we're like offering estimates. He's like, yeah, well, just come in. I'll, I'll tell you more about it. I was like, yeah, well, sounds like you know, just door-to-door sales, right? He's like, oh, he was trying to sugarcoat it a little bit, yeah. but I got it right away. I like the idea of it. And my first day out, funny enough, Doug was the crew chief for the canvas division there. And he took me out. I knocked on my first door, got a lead, and I was instantly hooked. Yeah. And that's where we became really good friends and worked for a few years and uh, eventually got up to uh, sales, you know, sales reps at the company. Uh, so we, both, we both sold and, for a bit. Okay. And then when did you guys decide you're going to go off on your own? So together? 2000, and I graduated from 2005 from college. We both worked in and out of the home improvement business. You know, I got a few quote unquote, you know, after college real jobs or whatever, but we always did this at, at night or part time in 2000 eight is when we got the idea we're like wait a second we, we we're good at this business we know how to we had to sell we know how to canvas we could just do this ourselves we don't need to work for somebody else so 2009 is what we actually started actually it was we were talking about this morning it was may 5th we remember the day it was the first day we canvassed was may 5th of 2009 nice so you yeah. guys went out knocking doors it was your company now you weren't selling baths back then right Right. We, st- we worked for a window company, you know, going door to door with the windows. So we knew the windows, we knew how to get the leads. We had some ideas where to get crews. So that's where in 2008, we were talking about every day, driving out to neighborhoods, you know, either canvassing or running leads. And that's when the economy was going down and everything got real tough. Our commissions started to get slashed. Bonuses that were promised weren't paid out. That's where I really had the idea. I said to Doug, if we're going to stay in this business, why not just, you know, let's go for it. Let's do it ourselves. We were young. I was only 25 at the time. I'm a risk taker by nature. Like, yeah, that's how I am. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. let's roll the dice. You know, let, let's see if we can make it our, on our own. Yeah. yeah. And so when was that? What year was it that you guys started officially? Two, 2009 in March is when we started. Nice. Okay. But we had the idea kind of like October, yeah, the fourth quarter of 2008. It okay. took, took us a while to get our ducks. In a yeah. And we had to yeah. come up with a plan and process and all the insurance licensing, all yeah. that type of stuff. So guys, <laughs> that was 14 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We thought back to that. Cause we literally in, in our apartment printed out that it, you know, we each had apartments back then yeah. and we printed out on this red piece of papers back then we thought it was more noticeable red piece of paper. We printed on two or we've printed half the paper of canvas papers of canvas flyers, two per paper to save money, to save money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A regular 11 and a half by eight thing. We decided to make it two flyers, cut it in half. Yeah. We had no money at yeah. all back then, you know? So we had, nice. were on a shoestring budget, <laughs> just going door to door. Going door to door. 
selling windows. Okay. And so when did you guys actually, like, when did things start to kind of happen a little bit? When did you guys get an office, let's say? Yeah. So we, we had a, a very small office that we barely used the first few, first year or two. And okay. we upgraded to our, our first major office, I think in 2011, but well, majored us, I think it was 700 square feet Yeah, <laughs> on a second floor of like an industrial building. It was not a pretty apartment, it was all or a pretty office. It was all one yeah. room, but that was our first this official office in 2011. But back then, you know, we were, we were very small. We were under a million yeah, and we kind of kind of got stuck there for the first few years. We were figuring things out, so we weren't doing a, a ton. But that was our first real office, two thousand eleven. And when did you bring on your first salesperson? That was in twenty thirteen, I believe. Yeah, and we kind of hopped around a lot trying to figure it out. We sold windows, then we ended up selling a uh, this thing called Green Energy Barrier. That's where we met a mentor of ours. Todd Phelps, who funny enough now currently present day is our area right. sales rep yeah. <laughs> for uh, the luxury bath, you know, the dealer network that we're in. Yeah. But yeah, you know, we met him there. Then we got into some roofing because there was a big storm with the Hurricane Sandy that came through. So we were doing some storm damage. So the 13, 14, 15 range, you know, like those three years, we would average about one to two sales guys. It, it, it took us a while to really build it. It wasn't really until we got part of the luxury about dealer network that we figured out what we reference as the four pillars, where it's the sales manager, production manager, events manager, and call center or confirmation manager. So yeah. that's where we really started to develop processes. Yeah, that all sounds very familiar. The Mark Zockel's Mark Zockel's <laughs> system. Right. Yeah, it was plug and play. I mean, it really, it really was a great. I remember I, I was working with Mark back then around that same time period. And that really was a step-by-step, day-by-day plan for how to go out and create a home improvement company. And well, yeah, Ryan, yeah. That, that was in 2016. I don't know if you know, you remember and how we reached out to you that year before we joined the luxury. Bath yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Do you, yeah. You, you reached out to me and you got, you got really good advice from what I remember. You got, these guys still give me crap about the advice I gave them back in 2016. They'll never let me forget that. <laughs> I, it worked out great for us, right? Yeah. I don't know if it was bad advice at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, I, if I remember correctly, it was about getting focused. Yeah, it was about getting focused because you guys were kind of like all over the place. Yeah, and- that's exactly what. Yeah, like I said, we, we were chasing that shiny object. We couldn't figure yeah. out which way to go, and we were just trying to find a direction. Yeah, and so you started with luxury bath in 2016, and then things started to really start to grow from there, right? Right. It was half the halfway point, right around July, is where we got our our territory. We ran both companies. Yeah, you know, the, the window roofing company, the luxury bath company in 2016, just to make sure like, we, yeah, we could make it work. Yeah. We didn't want to throw something away. Yeah. And once we realized, oh yeah, the bath business is fantastic. We could get tons of leads. That's where we found a lot about the shows and events that we were doing compared to trying to get leads doing roofing or windows at those events. We realized that we could get a lot of leads. Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now 
call center dialer integration, all wrapped into one easy-to-use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack? You owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to BuilderPrime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. Okay, good. Leads are leads are very important. So cool. So that so that's kind of that's the backstory. So what's interesting to me about you guys is as long as so I've known you guys for now, what is that seven, eight years? And I've always been so impressed with your relationship and your partnership. It always seems like at least when I, you know, a couple times a year, when I see you and talk to you, you guys are always like on the same page. You're always together. And it's like, you know, it, it seems like it's just a really good, good, at its core, a good relationship. What is that? What's, what's that all about that you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's hard to quantify, but the, we started that way. It was literally, well, one of us would be canvassing, the other one would be in the house selling. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and that was, it was just the two of us. So, you know, we always trust each other to do the other part of it. So while, while Ray was selling, I was trying to get the next lead and, and vice versa. And we just kind of never stopped with that. You know, we, for a while there, uh, you know, we kind of did everything in the business. I, I think we, at one point we said, Hey, we're, we're going to each specialize a bit and, and mm-hmm. take parts of the business and, and be more of an ownership over that. I think that helped us scale a little bit as far as partners go. Would you agree with that? When we kind of dice yeah. it a bit. You know, we were friends first before we started the business and you know, we would work together, but we also would hang out you know, we enjoyed doing uh, playing golf, things like that. So, you know, it's really a friendship that developed into a, a partnership Nice, and, and we know how to talk to each other as far as when to maybe walk away from a conversation and let somebody cool down and then yeah. circle back later on to re rediscuss you know what well, maybe got somebody a little angry yeah <laughs> yeah and, and more, I, sometimes i'm more of the hothead <laughs> of the okay. yeah the partnership you know it's cool because i think that what i see with you guys and i think that this makes for successful partnerships you know i have a partner but i also happen to live with my partner my partner also you know we share we have kids together and we have she's my wife so it's a weird dynamic partnerships in general are just weird dynamics. But I see with you guys, I see one, I see respect for each other. I see trust, like what you guys just said, you know, you trusted that while I'm going and making leads, you are going to be in the house selling and vice versa. And I see confidence in each other, in your own abilities, but also in, in each other which is, you know, it's tough to keep those things going over a long period of time. What do you think has been able to keep that going with you guys? I mean, those, those three things are very difficult to, to manage sometimes. 
That's a good question. You know, we've been kind of lucky that we had the exact same amount of knowledge at all points in this business. And we kind of been growing and learning together. together. I, think if, yeah. I think if one of us came in as the, you know, as the expert and the other one as learning the business, it might not have that same dynamic. But since you know, we had relatively the same amount of experience, we had years of knowing each other beforehand, this and that, and we, we learned the business together. So we knew all the same backers. There's no disagreement. We saw all the same stuff. We had all the same experience, et cetera. So we looked at the business in a very similar manner because essentially our understanding of the business was, was very, very close to each other. Very small disagreements, maybe here and there, but nothing of, of substance. So the fact that we kind of saw everything philosophically very, you know, similarly, it allowed us to, to do things the same and, and not have to discuss every single thing because we had kind of an idea of where we were going from what we saw. Yeah. Wow. That's a great flipping answer. I mean, that's a really good answer that, you know, you've grown together basically in, in the in the business. So what would you say, I mean, over the last few years, I mean, you guys have grown. So when, let's just to give people context. So you guys are going to do 15 this year. When did you first hit, let's say like around 3 million is where you really, you know, there's, there's that one break point of about a million, million two million three that's one break point and then the next one's at about three million about what time frame would you guys say you were at that three million ish mark how long ago 2018 was three was when we broke three million was 2018 yeah and so do you remember kind of what changed for you guys in order to kind of break through that ceiling because at three million you have to have salespeople in place because you just you know the two of you couldn't have done leads and sales and run the business so you had to bring on some salespeople you had to have better financial management so what what do you think are some of the things that changed for you to to be able to get to that to that point thank you i grab that one in 2018 we did we had two sales people mm-hmm. you know, so we we started to have other people run leads and do the selling for us. Isn't that the year I think you had your knee injury? That was so, the year. Yeah. So Doug ran a lot of the leads then, and I focused more on the marketing and admin production, but he ended up blowing out his knee. He was out of the business for a little bit with knee surgery and on crutches. He could no longer run leads. And that's where we really had to say, all right, we need to find more people you know, so we don't lose the an extra sales guy. You know, so that's where we really started to take off with the sales. So it's very interesting what you just said. So <laughs> basically you were forced into it. Yeah, we were forced 100%. And yeah, it was, was that, and sorry, Doug, but it was the best <laughs> thing that happened to you for the business, not to you personally, yeah. but that's the best thing that could have happened to the business because, you know, look, we tell people all the time, you guys know this, we've heard this, and you guys have probably given people advice too, like this. You got to stop selling. If you're the owner and you're out there selling, you're limited to how much you can grow the business. And so, unfortunately, you have to blow out your knee <laughs> to happen. But look, I mean, to the people that are listening, I mean, if you're out there as an owner and you're still running leads, force yourself. Don't wait till your knee blows out. Don't wait till something catastrophic happens. Take yourself out of the business in terms of running running leads and start to focus on the business. So Doug, when you came back and you couldn't run leads anymore, what were you doing? 
what were you doing for the business? Yeah, I, I remember because I was on crutches for a while. It's not, I literally couldn't, you can't run an appointment. You can't carry a right. bag upstairs. And that. So when I came back, I think we just focused on, all right, we need this, we need to train more people. We need more salespeople. We just dug in and we tried to make it more, you know, more automatic at that point. I think we really got into the selling on the, the iPad, getting that better, selling the house, getting better. We just kind of refined everything a lot. and worked on, on training some new guys. And I can't remember how many salespeople we had in 2018, but... We finished the year. That's where we got one more solid sales guy. So we had three full-time guys at that point. So that's not including Doug. Yeah. And then yeah, 2019, that's when we really started to add more from yeah. there. Because you had the base. Right. You knew, you knew now, okay, we, you had some confidence that, okay, we brought these guys in, we trained them, we gave them leads and Hey, wait a minute. They actually went out there and sold stuff. Yeah. It worked. So yeah. now that gave you confidence to go out and put some money into more marketing and more training and bringing more, more people in, right? I don't think uh, you actually ever really went back into the house ever again. I think I've only had one appointment since yeah. 2018. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, was <laughs> so that was the last time you ran a lead. Yeah. Well, look. Prior to his name. <laughs> well, that's why you guys have been able to grow. What'd you do in 2019? So if you if you did 2018, you did 3 million. How much did you do in 2019? 2019, we, we did just a hair under 5 million. 5 million. I, that's, that would have been my guess. Because yeah. now you can pour some accelerant on it. So it took you, what, like literally took you what? Seven or eight, not seven or eight. Hold on. It took you like five years to get past a million. Yeah. It took you another what, two, three, four to get to 3 million. And then it took you one year to jump from 3 million to five. Yeah. And then from there, now you've gone, you know, 2020, 21, 22, you've gone and now to 23, you've gone to 15 million. Now, look, economy has been amazing. Leads were plentiful. People were buying, they were stuck in their homes. But here's the thing about about you guys that's been very impressive is you had a good foundation in place. So unlike a lot of people that I think, and I, and I don't want this to sound bad or sound negative, it's just, it's almost like a warning for some of the people that might be listening is if leads were easy for you, but you didn't establish a system for lead efficiency and sales and profitability, when things start to slow down a little bit, you're going to be in trouble. When things escalate, you could also be in trouble because you could sell too much. You can get into financial problems. You could have more leads and you know what to do. There's all kinds of issues that can come from that. But you guys had a foundation in place. And I think that's why your, your growth has been so healthy. And you guys have been super profitable too, which, you know, you know, super happy about. You guys have been very profitable along the way. As you've been growing now over the last few years, what have the new challenges have been for you? That's that's a good question. I guess a lot of it comes with the the scaling and things that we never thought we would need. You know, obviously as as we're growing, there's positions we didn't know we need until they're here. You know, we had to get better with everything, accounting systems, and even just our our CRM was the CRM we used in the past wasn't capable of keeping up with what we had to do now. We had to learn a whole system there. So it's been, I, I think, a lot of scalability growth issues. But what would you say? Just trying to turn so many jobs. You know, you, you don't want them to linger too long. Then people start to get angry. And obviously, some of that is material, you know, trying to get it. But just being more efficient 
even with the leads and when you try to do more business, you know, obviously more things have to be done. So with that, you have to be more efficient if you want to continue the trajectory to go into the next level. Cause when you try to take on so much more, something could get sacrificed. So you right. need to just try to plan and execute to uh, handle that type of volume. And I mean, I'm not saying we're doing any type of massive volume. I, I know there's people 10 a lot times of the size of us out there, but that's just a lot of, that we no, it's a lot of volume. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, that's something that we had to learn how to handle in the last few years. How about, so you guys have had to start to also surround yourself and let go of jobs that you were doing even two and three years ago that you guys aren't doing anymore. You had to bring in people, other people to do those for you. So what have you learned kind of along the way with recruiting and, and hiring people? It's a good question. Uh, you know, I feel like it's still uh, always going to be an issue, you know, as we grow, we're still going to continually need more and more people. Absolutely. Uh, it was, it was particularly tricky over the, the last few years with the pandemic and obviously whatnot and, and having to adjust how people wanted to see us and not be able to get people in the door. It's really an issue for, for a while there. I feel like it is, it's changing now, but recruiting in the future, I foresee it being a lot more, you know, people doing maybe Zooms and things like that. I see being maybe the next step, uh, maybe a first interview, a screening, things like that. It's just going to be more technology. It's just my guess for the future. But what is it, but what was it that, what do you think it is that, so how many people do you have in management? Let me Um, ask you this way. Yes, we have a sales manager. We have a production manager, Mm -hmm. a call center manager. Mm -hmm. We have a finance manager, we'll call it. So yeah, that's it. And then then Ray and I, essentially, that's our management team. Yeah. So what makes people want to come and work with you guys, given all the other options they have? I think everyone that we've held on to that's been with us a long time, they see the growth opportunity. They see the story. You know, Doug and I were two canvassers and what we've built. And a lot of people have come along with us. Now we've our marketing manager, call center manager. She's been with us for over six years. The sales manager. He's been with us a long time as well, you know, just as long. Some of our top sales guys as well, you know, right around that 2016 year when we started, when we started to put some people in place, they've been with us you know, ever since. Yeah. That's true. So we've been lucky with yeah. longevity, especially in this industry. You don't, you're not used to a lot of longevity. We've had people years and years. Yeah, they're, they're all growth oriented. Yeah, we, we like to win. We're competitive people here. Like I'm a yeah. big sports guy. I, I always want to win. You know, <laughs> so yeah, that's why I love the business. You know, every month it's a new challenge. You know, we, we start back at zero and we know the goal. We know the goal for the year, the goal for the month. So that's the type of people we try to surround ourselves with. Yeah. The people that, you know, want to hit the goal. Yeah, Ray also, uh, you know, and I came up with, it was Ray's idea to really start doing more company events and, and, and make it more work hard, play hard. So, you know, once a quarter, we've been doing these company events and, you know, Ray came up with the idea to do these regularly. So this way people get together and it's more than just hanging out in the office or, or people hanging on the side. So once a quarter, we've been doing events as a whole company. And it's, yeah. it's kind of a good mix. Yeah, we do four company events a year. So every quarter we do something fun. And then we have the big holiday party at the end of the year. So 
in April, we're going to be going out to a local restaurant and doing a little trivia night, <laughs> which is fun. So food, drinks and games. Some of the other things we did, we did a bowling night. We went to a baseball game. You know, there, there's always something fun that we're trying to find yeah. something to do. Yeah. And I love what you guys said before. And I, I would say to everybody that's listening, I've been doing this a lot lately, go back about a minute or two and re-listen to what they said about the people that they've got with them. Because what I heard you say is we, we're surrounding ourselves with people that like to win and you have a scorecard. So the scorecard, which is your plan, which is your vision for the business is broken down by quarter and by month. And so everybody knows what they have to do every quarter, every month, every week, and every day in order to win. And those are the types of people you want to have around you. You don't want to have people that want to hide and they don't want to be held accountable. They don't want to be responsible for results. Those people aren't going to help you get anywhere. And conversely, if you're not, if you're not the type of company that is going to give people this environment to win, you're not going to hire, you're not going to find the best people because the best people are going to go work for them because, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm a, I can go, I know what winning means over here and I like to win. So I want to go there. And I think that that's such a great answer. What, what you guys said and, and, and all the other stuff is great too. I mean, now I think in our post COVID world, I think a lot of the stuff that you're talking about bringing the team together I know we've done a lot of that stuff here too in the last couple of years, and it's really helpful to to bring the team together to you know have fun. It's not only about the business. And the last thing I'll say about this too is what you said about being growth oriented. You know, if you're not growing, you're not you're you're just you know people don't want to be in an environment where they are concerned or worried about their future. They want to be in a place where it's like, wow, these guys are hungry. You know, they want to grow. They may not do everything perfect, but boy, they'll figure it out quick. So I, I think that that's really cool what you guys have done. So as we, as we, I'm kind of looking at the clock here, I wonder, is there anything that you guys could think of that you wish you would have done sooner that you would have learned sooner? and implemented in the business quicker? Seems like there's a ton of options. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot what's of one things, or two? Yeah. What's one or two things? How about one each? You want to go first, Doug? Yeah, if you have something in mind, Doug. My big thing early on, since it was Doug and I charged the right price, you know, since it was us out there just trying to build a company, we way undersold so many jobs. Our little nickname that we always called each other was Ted or Teddy which is take every deal. <laughs> so <laughs> that's good. <laughs> uh, yeah. We were just so eager to just make a sale and get business in, but we gave so many things away and we left yeah. so much money on the table. So uh, listening to you, Brian, over the years, you know, I know how important it is to charge that right price. So if I could go back and tell my 25, you know, 20 something year old self is you charge the right price. Yeah. You yeah. take less business, but charge the right price. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think for, for me, the base, if I go back, I would have said, I just told younger Doug, you're selling one thing and one thing only. You yeah. know, we're going to pick windows. We're, we're just a window company. We're going to do siding. We're going to do roof, whatever it was, bathrooms, energy. Because then you have to have separate pitches for everything. You have separate vendor relationships for everything. You have to have separate stock material for everything, priceless for everything. If I would have just picked one thing, I think we could have 
accelerated much quicker. And what's funny is we went to that uh, you know, with Charlie uh, Gindel, the uh, you know his growth seminar. That's exactly what he said. He's like, you know, all the things that here you don't do. You're, you know, you do X Y Z, do less, and you'll do more. Yeah. I wish I would learn that earlier. Yeah. Simplify. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Me too. By the way. Focus is is so important. And yeah, and you guys have done that incredibly well over the last few years. What are you most excited about over the next like two or three years? Well, we are working on plans of a, a larger, newer office, a much bigger showroom presence. We never really had a showroom presence before, nothing to advertise right home. So yeah, when growing up in this, we were a canvas companies that we came from, we were always taught that showrooms were evil. You don't want showrooms because you're, then your yeah. customer goes to the showroom. They don't sign up through you. So it's kind of a, a shift in the, or at least it seems to be a shift in, in, in the marketplace, but we're curious how that's going to work. I'm excited to you know sell after or have our sales people in a position where people have seen big, beautiful displays, kind of like home shows. Uh, that's why they were so advantageous for us. So that's one of the things I'm excited about. For me, it's the, just the momentum that we have if we, as long as we could just keep pushing, keep doing it, we have so many things in place. So now we could just have that snowball effect to really just start to you know, really, really build something big. That's, that's my ultimate goal. You know, yeah. the way that we've done it the last few years that I'm excited to just keep things moving, keep building bigger, faster, stronger, more efficient, more profitable. <laughs> Good. Awesome. Well, guys, I appreciate you guys so much. Every time I see you guys, it's a breath of fresh air. If anybody that's listening, if you're at an event, you can't miss these two guys. If you see them, go and talk to them. They're the nicest people, I think, in this industry. I should, well, did I just say that out loud? (laughs) Not to insult anybody else, but let's just say that they're way up there in terms of some of the nicest, nicest people that you'll meet in this industry. And- I am excited to see where your business goes over the next few years. It's been so awesome watching you guys. And I'm really excited to see where your business goes over the next few years. I think you guys are just going to kill it. And I think that one of the things too is I think that you guys could be a really good example and inspiration to others as well. And so I'm kind of interested to see as you guys get older, how that starts to kind of play out. I know you're doing it for the people that work for you, but I think that there's, there might be even more to that, but we'll see. But thank you guys. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian, for all your advice over the years. You've helped me out tremendously. And you know, Doug and I, yeah, Yeah, you guys, you guys are awesome. All right. Well, cool. Everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again, guys. I really appreciate you being here. Hang out for a second. To everybody listening, until next time, this is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group, and this is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a different way? Did it spark an idea or ideas that you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. If it did, I'd like to ask you a favor. Would you leave a five-star review of the podcast? By doing so, you'll help other contractors find the podcast more easily so that we can help them achieve more success, wealth, and freedom. And before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. 
In fact, if you haven't already, make sure you go to thewealthycontractor.com and get your free copy of my latest book, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor. Just pay shipping and handling, and I'll take care of the cost of the book. So until next time, this is Brian Cascadalsian. 